Life Audio. As believers, when we fall into sin, I think it's sometimes really hard for us to reconcile that and then come back to God because there's this feeling of guilt and shame. And if I'm honest, I have felt that. And I think a lot of other people have felt that as well. So today what we're going to do is we're going to look at an example of prayer in the Psalms of how to handle those moments when we are seeking that reconciliation, that restored relationship with God after we've fallen into sin. I think it's part of the human experience that we can all either recognize that we have experienced in the past or we will experience it in the future. I pray this episode blesses you. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach. And I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are walking through Psalm 130, and we're going through the Psalms on the Hearing Jesus podcast because as I've said in the last couple of months, we know that the Psalms were the hymn book and prayer book of not just Jesus, but the disciples. And in fact, it's the book that's quoted the most, the book of the Old Testament that's quoted the most by them. And so as we are striving and yearning to learn the heart of God and to know and understand and recognize God's voice more clearly in our lives. I think learning the Psalms is a foundational way for us to understand what were some of the things that Jesus was praying about, or what was he talking about when he referred to these passages. And so we're reading through one Psalm a day. If you would like to dig a little bit deeper and use this as your devotional, there's a couple resources for you. Actually, in the description for today's episode is a journaling prompt. But on Mondays, if you go to shehears.org and sign up for my newsletter, on Mondays, I I sent out a link to all of the five podcasts as well as the journaling prompts. And I think it's a really good way, journaling that is, to get the information from your head into your heart. If you would like the previous episodes from the previous Psalms that we've done, if you would like those journaling prompts, you can go to shehears.org and go to the resources section where you can find the guided Psalms journals. So I just, again, pray that those are blessings for you. We're going to be in Psalm 130. I'm reading from the New American Standard Version today, starting at verse 1. Out of the depths I have cried to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the sound of my pleadings. If you, Lord, were to keep account of guilty deeds, Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you so that you may be revered. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and I wait for his word. My soul waits in hope for the Lord, more than the watchman for the morning. Yes, more than the watchman for the morning. Israel, wait for the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is abundant redemption, and he will redeem Israel from all his guilty deeds. 
We recognize pretty early on that Psalm 130 is a lament psalm. And the psalmist is clearly in distress and he's calling on God to help him. He knows that the trouble that he's in right now is caused by his own sin. And I think that is something that we can all recognize possibly in our own lives. I think about different times where I've gotten myself into trouble and I know it's my own fault. I recognize that I have blatantly committed sin and there's the consequence of that is this trouble that I'm in. But I think that is contrasted with this understanding that God, who we know by God's character and God's nature, is a forgiving God, that his love is unfailing, that he never goes anywhere. And so what the psalmist is identifying is as he turns his attention to this community of Israel and he calls on them to put their hope in God, God will redeem them. God will restore them because that is God's nature. We know that God is the redeemer and restorer of all things. And so that's kind of this picture that we see in this psalm. And with this lament psalm, remember lamenting is essentially him pouring out his heart in almost a complaint to God, which I think is powerful because it teaches us that it's okay to do that in our relationship with God. But there's this acknowledgement of his sin and this need for forgiveness. And this would be considered what the scholars would call a penitential psalm. That's in this grouping of other psalms like Psalm 6 and 32 and 38 and 51 and 102 and I believe 143, which we haven't gotten to yet. You can read more about penitential psalms. And again, I'm saying all this to help you understand that what we're doing here is not exhaustive. There's lots of opportunities for you to continue to study. We're just doing a brief overview and giving some background and context to each of these Psalms. So in verse one and two, where it mentions being out of the depths, that's really a dramatic way that the psalmist is starting to express this deep emotional pain and distress that he's having. And he's calling out to the Lord out of the depths. And so the Hebrew word that's translated as depths is often connected with words for water or sea. And we remember throughout the Psalms when we hear about the water or the sea, that is a metaphorical reference to chaos. It's an indication of where he's at in his life. And if you've ever been in that place, after you know that you've committed sin and you're dealing with the consequence of it, it is chaos. It feels distressful. You feel the stress of that moment. That is the human emotion that the psalmist is expressing. And that's kind of typical of the Psalms. I think one of the things that we see in the Psalms is this human emotion. And we recognize that not everything is perfect. The people that are writing the Psalms, the people that are praying the Psalms, are understanding that there is this significance to the way that Yahweh intervenes on the behalf of his people, even in the midst of their distress. He comes to where they're at. And over and over, we see this faithfulness of God. And so the psalmist is pleading with God again to listen to his prayer. And then verse three and four goes into this section on forgiveness. And so there's the implication here that the psalmist, of course, is attributing his suffering to his own sin. And so he makes this appeal to God and he's looking at God's track record of being a God that forgives. And he's looking at that in terms of the persistent history of sin that Israel has experienced and the way that God consistently forgives them. And realistically, what he's saying is none of us could have survived if God kept a record of sins, if he remembered those sins. And so 
the fact that humanity even continues to exist means that God does forgive. And so he has given that appeal, the, the attention, and he's, he's recognizing that when sinners, us as believers, when we've fallen into sin, once we've been forgiven, there's something that happens in our relationship with God. And yes, of course, we all know that at the time of salvation, we've been forgiven for our sins. But this, this individual sin that he's talking about, or maybe it's even a lifestyle of sin that he lived a little ways for a little ways after you've come to faith in Christ, there's a difference. I think before you come to faith in Christ, where you are living in sin, but you're not necessarily aware of that relationship with God. After you become a believer, when you are living in sin, there is the conviction of Holy of the Holy spirit that's there. And, and when we are under that conviction, there's this stress that comes up. And so that's this section where he's looking at this idea of forgiveness and he knows that as he has or will receive this forgiveness, there's this reverence for God that comes up as a result. And so when he's talking about how you may be revered, that's what he's referring to. Yesterday, we talked a lot about the fear of the Lord, which is not necessarily the runaway and hide kind of fear, but it's this understanding of respect and awe of God. And that reverence word, the root word of the way that that word is translated is the same as that fear, fear of God. And so there's this implication that after somebody has been forgiven by God for their sin and the mess that they're in that they know is a result of their own sin, there is this healthy fear, this healthy awe, this healthy respect for God, recognizing that without him, we're, it's impossible for us to get through this world. And then in verse five and six, it goes on to talk about waiting for the Lord. And so while the psalmist is in distress and he's waiting this thing out, there's this intense hope, this eager hope that God will forgive him. And so that eagerness is communicated by the repetition of the verb wait. And we know to pay attention when the, there's a repetition in scripture, but the repetition of that word wait is really this opportunity that he sees or he creates between himself and the watchman for the morning. And the, those watchmen for the morning, the word picture there, what I think it's trying to get at is they're constantly alert. They are waiting for the rise of the sun. And in the same way, the psalmist is alert and he's expecting God's forgiveness and not just his forgiveness, but this restoration work, this restorative deep work, which is going to hopefully alleviate his suffering. And at least in terms, maybe if there's physical, a physical consequence or, you know, when we have committed sin, there's definitely consequences, especially in terms of our relationships with other people. But while that may take some time for that restorative work to happen, there is a sense of peace that happens in the midst of that restoration process. And so when it talks about alleviation of the suffering, that's what I think he's getting at is this, the suffering is essentially feeling separated from God. And then verses seven and eight go on to talk about hoping in the Lord. But I think we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we'll dive into the rest of this Psalm. Stay tuned. Hoping in the Lord. We see this lament psalm as the psalmist goes through this stage of asking God for forgiveness and waiting on his forgiveness and restoration. There's this expression of hope that leads him to the end of this psalm where he's addressing the community of Israel. And he's talking about how Israel should put their hope in God for not just forgiveness, but the alleviation of suffering, of restoration. 
in the same way that he has done, that he, he models for us at the beginning part of the psalm. And he knows us because God will restore that relationship. He'll redeem Israel, even though they've been broken by their sin, because that's about God's character and God's nature. Because remember, God's character and nature is not dependent on what we do or what we don't do. God is who he is. And so one of the things that we know that we've been talking about over the last couple of months is this aspect of God's character that has said, which is that unfailing love that has this covenant loyalty to it. That's what the psalmist is talking about when he's talking about this redemption of Israel. I think this psalm is a really good model for us when we are seeking this restored relationship with God in the aftermath and the consequence and the chaos of our sin. And so what the psalmist does for us is he shows us this confidence he has in God based on who God is and the nature of God to be a forgiving God. And then he's calling on the community to also put their hope in God. As believers, we look to Jesus to have this confidence that God will forgive us and restore that right relationship with him. Because it's Jesus who, of course, offered himself in our place that gives us that hope that God will hear our pleas for forgiveness and he will intervene on our behalf. Paul reminds us in Colossians that God has rescued us from this dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom, God's kingdom, the kingdom of the son who God loves. And that's how we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. So given that insight, I'm going to go and reread starting back at verse one, Psalm 130, out of the depths, I have cried to you, Lord, Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the sound of my pleadings. If you, Lord, were to keep account of guilty deeds, Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you so that you may be revered. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and I wait for his word. My soul waits in hope for the Lord, more than the watchman for the morning. Yes, more than the watchman for the morning. Israel, wait for the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is abundant redemption, and he will redeem Israel from all his guilty deeds. God, we thank you that you are the God that reveals to us through the pages of the scriptures that redeems and restores all things. Lord God, I pray for my friend right now that may be struggling with the consequences of sin in their own lives. Lord God, if they are in that waiting season, Lord, I pray for them right now that they would sense your spirit, drawing them closer to you, Lord God. Lord, we understand and recognize that that process of redemption and restoration is a process and it takes time. Lord, I ask for peace for them in the midst of that. I, I pray for a renewed relationship with you in the midst of that. Lord God, I pray for the awe and the fear and the respect that comes from being in a restored relationship with you after we've been guilty of some sort of sin in our lives. God, I thank you that you love us enough not to leave us there. So I pray for my friend today that they would turn over to you the things that they need to lay down before the throne. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I know you've been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. Listen, I know. I've been there myself. 
That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, which helps you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I include lots of cultural and historical information, and it really makes these familiar passages of scripture just come alive. This is a great study to do on your own, to do with some girlfriends or even some teenage girls, and it will help you really gain the confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. You can find that on my resources page at shehears.org, where there are also some really good resources to help you in your spiritual growth. I pray that they are a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call on your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.